WHHH FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. And good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. It is the 15th of November, 2020. Almost over what a year it has been. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the Radio 1 studios in downtown Indianapolis. What a week it has been. Uh, We've got a new vice president and president-elect. We have coronavirus cases that are skyrocketing sky high, breaking records day after day, and protests have now continued this week after no charges were filed against IMPD officer DeJour Mercer in the police action shooting and then death of Dre Jean Reed. Uh, this morning on the show, Fatima Johnson, the family attorney, will join us live to talk about uh, the latest evidence that has been put out to the public and showed to the media and, of course, showed to you. She's standing by on our live line. You can get your calls in for Fatima Johnson as we get ready to just listen and dissect what has happened for just some of uh, this week. A lot happening. Also in the show, we're going to tell you about uh, the uh, Urban League's job fair. Let me go ahead and tell you that now, and I'll tell you about it again later in the show. Uh, The Indianapolis Urban League is hosting a virtual career fair This Thursday, November 19th, it is from noon until 4 p.m. There will be local employers looking to hire. Uh, They will also be having workshops to help you navigate a virtual career fair. You can go to INDPLSUS, that's Indianapolis Urban League for short, .org to register. Or just give them a call, 317-693-7603 for more information. That is the Indianapolis Urban League virtual career fair this Thursday. More on that coming up later in the show. But as I teased a moment ago, uh, one of the big, the biggest news story uh, for Indianapolis this week uh, has been the Drejan Reed case that has been going on for more than 190 days. You'll remember 21-year-old Drejan Reed was shot and killed by Officer DeJour Mercer back on the evening of May 6th. That has uh, sparked uh, protests that have lasted Uh, For the better part of uh, the year, uh, we have seen uh, the nation join in in protests for Breonna Taylor and uh, George Floyd. But Drejan Reed was our local issue in the spotlight. And this week, uh, the special prosecutor, Rosemary Curry, had announced that there would be a no bill in the case. That means uh, that there was uh, no charges that would be filed against IMPD officer DeJour Mercer. Uh, Again, does it necessarily mean that? Nothing was wrong or that either way, that no bill just means that they had insufficient evidence to bring charges. Does not mean anyone is guilty or not guilty. It never went to court because the grand jury decided that there was insufficient evidence uh, to bring charges. A person who would disagree with that is, of course, Drejan Reed's family, but also a family attorney, Fatima Johnson, who joins us right now on our live line. Miss Johnson, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. How are you? I am just fine. Uh, We've been busy this week. You've been even more busy. Uh, How is everybody right now? You know, everybody's kind of um, resting. It's the calm before the storm right now. Um, I would say that that pertains to his family. They're resting right now. They're trying to um, 
you know, shore up emotionally and get ready for what we're about to do. Uh, I know one of those things that you've already said you're about to do is file for that civil lawsuit. Right. Actually, that civil lawsuit has been filed since June. It's just been slow moving and mostly because um, this investigation had not been wrapped up. But now that the, um, the, the some people who are involved in that lawsuit have uh, wrapped up at least their portion of the investigation, um, the criminal investigation, now we can ask them some questions and they have no choice but to answer. I could sense... Uh a bit of frustration, but also that you weren't done in your press conference yesterday. Um, and, and I say that as we've had protests, uh, one of the things that uh, someone tried to ask you was, is it your responsibility or is it Drejan's family's responsibility to uh, tell protesters to be calm and uh, and not to destroy anything? First of all, that's not what protesters do. Uh, and that's not what we've seen over the I don't know, probably 25, probably somewhere between 25 and 50 protests that we've seen here in the city since Drejan's death. Only one of them uh, was destructive, and I do believe that that was because there were people from outside of town who came. But nevertheless, you said something to the effect yesterday that that's not what you're here to do. That's not my role in this. And you know what? The, there's everyone waits to see what they would say and what they would do when they um, they listen to people. You know, they listen to to Rodney King say, "Can't we all just get along?" They listen to people again and again and again come be brought in because they now have to be the public relations tool for the city that created the conditions that exist for them to even have to be in the spotlight. We're not going to participate in that. So um, the we don't really get any support from anyone um, in the city, any officials, any politicians. No one has shown um, substantive support. So to call and ask for a message to be told is, is really, um, I would say, unrealistic. We had the uh, special prosecutor come out on, was that Tuesday or Wednesday? Mm -hmm. It was Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Uh, I was there at that press conference with uh, Rosemary Curry, and um, obviously you could see she was very emotional with it. Um, the other part of that press conference was with the Indiana State Police, who showed us some evidence um, live, uh, showed us a number of new pieces of uh, camera footage, uh, showed us some audio that showed... Um, what would have been the sounds of gunfire going off? How much, uh, what, what, what they told us was they were unsure how much of that evidence was presented to the grand jury. So we could assume that they had seen some of it, but not necessarily all of it. How much of that was, was new to you or how much do you know of that may have been shown to the grand jury? Cameron, I hope you are air quoting that evidence term. Like I, I can feel the air quotes with the evidence. They're unsure of how much of that was presented by, to the grand jury. And they bifurcated or they split up that press conference so that the people in the first press conference could have plausible deniability. As an attorney, and if I were a prosecutor, you have an ethical duty not to put forth evidence that is that you don't believe. You have an ethical duty to do that. Um, so if some of that of, of what was if if most of what they were talking about in that um, in that press conference 
um, that that ISC press conference, if that was presented to the grand jury, then that would explain the no bill. And that would exp- and um, I would say that some people are going are going to have some ethical, um, I guess, problems in the future when 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 more things come out about that air quote that evidence. Well, as a reporter in the room, when I walked away from it, I walked away thinking, well, that didn't tell me anything. Mm. Well, I'm glad you 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 are probably uh, more akin to uh, listening critically than some other people are. And for for me, because I do this for a living, I already know I've been trained to listen for certain things. I know things about the process of how things are supposed to go with a, with a police death investigation and, and the like, a police action shooting. And, um, and I'm by far no police protocol expert. However... There were many, many problems with that presentation. It was um, mainly that it started with, we're not going to speculate. We only want to bring you the facts, Mm -hmm. and then took off into all this speculation. And the part that, like, I mean, I was sitting there trying to watch it, and um, I really didn't want to watch it live. I wanted to, like, kind of watch it, Mm -hmm. pause it, watch it, pause it. But Suari made me watch it live because, you know, (laughs) he always makes me watch stuff. I I don't like watching... I'm I'm the type of person I don't even like suspenseful movies. Mm-hmm. I fast forward. I I read the the back of the book first. All of that all of that stuff. So the suspense was like, you know, killing me. But I was sitting there watching it, and I knew that, um, you know, it was going to be very hard for me to control my initial reactions. And I like I like to maintain and keep them under control because it was just crazy. Um, the the things they were saying, especially when they got to the part of the witnesses, and that was one line. It was like the witnesses. There were some. Next, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. Um, I I if if that was a theory they presented to the to the grand jury, you know, and if their laymen were operating and um, um, the composition of the grand jury may be those who naturally favor the uh the police and i'm not necessarily talking about race i'm talking about but i'm not not talking about race Mm -hmm. um um, then i can see and i expected fully not to have like a um transparency and not to have a a good investigation we expected that we knew that was going to happen that's why from the beginning asked Mm -hmm. for federal investigators to be involved in this case. That could have happened. And the mayor could have done things proactively to make sure that happened. So, As a, but, but it did not happen. And that was, and that's really, really point. The things that they could have done to divest themselves of a conflict of interest and divest themselves of control over this investigation, they did not do. And they purposely did not do it because they wanted to keep control of it. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions to get your post-game thought on it, because this is the first time now that we have this evidence that we have something new to talk uh, uh, about here on the air. So they showed us uh, what was a uh, image from what's called Adobe Audition. It's an audio program that's the same one we use to edit our voices here with at the radio station. And they took the audio from that Facebook Live with Drejan and DuJour, and they showed us what were the gunfire pops. They said, here you can see 15 spike marks 
uh, indicating that's a, the noise of a pop. And they said it was in the it was about the fourth fourth of the way through that series of pops. They said if you take a look here, you can see two lines that are basically right on top of each other. And the uh, the detective who was there described it as if you clap your hands, if we all clap together, the lines would never completely match up, even though we are clapping together. So he says that's an indication that that's a different gun being fired. When I listened to you and Soiree yesterday, um, Soiree pointed out, which is something that I did not pick up on before, that according to the evidence as shown by the state police, that the first shot would have been fired by Officer Mercer if the shots that they pointed out to us were about uh, a quarter of the way through that series of 15. Is that what I was understanding from Soiree yesterday that Officer Mercer fired first? Um, we are we are uh, adamant that Officer Mercer fired first. I believe that Officer Mercer fired um, and was the... And, he fired his gun first. Let me say that because mm-hmm. I'm, because if Dre John's gun was fired, I'm still I'm going to tell you that Dre John was incapacitated and was not in a position to fire back. And no one has to believe me. That's what I'm supposed to say. That's mm-hmm. what I'm say. That's what she's supposed to say. Mm-hmm. I have to believe me. They glossed over the fact that there was that there were people watching mm-hmm. and that um, they saw what was happening and they saw. Dreyjean fall, they saw him shake, they saw him being shot. And um, when you look at, and I can't, you know, I cannot, people ask me about toxicology, people want the autopsy report released, and right now I'm about to go to war. So Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, go all into my game plan on what I'm going to do. But as long as they keep lying, they make it easy for me, you know, so they can, they can, um, I guess we're going to have a battle of the experts then. We that's, that's, that's probably what's going to go down in court. We saw in their evidence, they showed us pictures of Dreshawn's gun and its distinct markings and the gold part of it and the uh, part that you could see in pictures and other social media videos. Do you believe, and I'm just going to ask you a basic question, do you believe Dreshawn had a gun? I believe that it's possible that Dreshawn had a gun. Okay. Do you, that sounded like a lawyer. Answer, yes, it? yes, yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just gauging to see to see where you're at. Uh, I believe I believe that it's possible, mm-hmm. and um, but I also believe that having a gun does not. Um, what they did at the press at their at their press conference was try to um, excuse an extrajudicial killing, mm-hmm. because what they're doing is saying that if you have a gun that conflates to that's you know and 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 look look here's the gun as if they're the only ones with adobe as if mm-hmm. they're the only ones who can go frame by frame through something as if that's like i'm i'm watching things full speed and haven't thought to slow it down mm-hmm. um so even with that they're they're going they're trying to say that everything he did bef- before the first shot was fired before the first shot was even fired, everything he did was deserving of that first shot being fired. When I read every report that has to do with this, every report that should have been, that did not have to include any of that information about um, 
uh, you know, to set up Mercer's excuse, but has it in there. Why is, I'm like, you know, why is, um, why would an autopsy report have things in there about, um, who, about, about who shot who and why? Um, why would, you know, ISP decide to hold this press conference? Is this because they are, they are committed to transparency or is this because they're trying to double down on their lie? Or is this because they're trying to present things to the public to make them stop supporting this family? It's more um, likely to be that, especially when I have immediately after the no bill, I have to calm down people who are texting me who are witnesses to this, whose lives have been changed forever for this. And many people ask, well, if there's so many witnesses, why don't they just come tell us? Mm -hmm. And you have to think about if you were a witness to this and what you would do. You have to think about if you're a witness to a police officer killing someone, and then immediately you start to see the cover-up. And it's and immediately you start to see how all how it's 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 not just that police officer who's covering up; it's other people who are covering up covering it up. You will probably be in fear of the police. You fear for your safety. Mm-hmm. You will probably after you were bold enough to come and tell your story to people and still walked out and and for some reason. You know, they did not believe you. You would you would probably be um, afraid to go public with it and know that it would affect your life in ways that you um, did not ask for. So I, too, would like to I would love every witness to come and shout from the rooftops what they saw. But I understand why they won't in the in every piece of footage that we were showed, either from the library or from Mm -hmm. the ace lock and key. It is not absolutely clear that Drejan pointed a gun at Officer Mercer. That's fact. You cannot see that. Does not mean it didn't happen. It just means from that view, you cannot tell. Um, you also you also have this uh, officer who said Drejan when they asked about the um, during the press conference was asked about the gunshots and where he was shot in his body. And I won't go all mm-hmm. over all the gunshots because I'm just going to, um, but I'm going to touch on some things. He said he was shot from back to front mm-hmm. and front to back. Uh, a couple of those shots, he was shot in the back, in the lower back. He was shot in the back of his neck. So then they went on to say how this young man was shot well, the, well, they they didn't say that. They, this is why they're saying they don't know who shot, who fired the first shot mm-hmm. because they know it doesn't make sense. Um, but from their evidence, you can tell that they're implicating that um, they're implying that he did not fire the first shot. So let's say he got shot. He's on his back. He's mm-hmm. on his stomach mm-hmm. on the ground, and they said that he rolled around on the ground, sat up to get the rest of the shots, mm-hmm. and then lay back down to his position of mm-hmm. final rest. Mm-hmm. Where did he get those gunshots? When or when did he get those gunshots that were in his back? Because the direction that they entered his body um, just doesn't line up with what they're saying. Their theory of the case is so holy; it's just like, you know, we're just going to say something here. And if anything, 
all of those witnesses. And like I said, there were more than there were more than ten people at, out there. There were more than more than ten. Um, wouldn't they have noticed if they didn't? If they were too far away to see details, you, I think they would at least have noticed the, uh, Drejan sit up. In in one of the one clip that they were able to show us, they they slowed it down. It was Facebook Live. Um, you could see just a sliver of that very distinct gun, so we knew what we were looking at. But they mm-hmm. said that that's where he's pulling out his weapon. Um, with, it's with with his third hand. <laughs> that that is what. That's where they say, "Boom!" He had a gun, and you can see it coming to frame. You cannot tell that he's pulling it up. You can't tell if it's how it's coming into frame, but we can see it come into frame. Mm-hmm. Um, is that part? I mean, I get. What does that say to you? Because the only thing it tells says to me as the reporter was, "Well, he had the gun." It doesn't tell me anything other than that. Right. That's. It doesn't. It doesn't send me. Um... Well, you see, I'm not quiet, so mm-hmm. does it so mm-hmm. it hasn't made me change my mind about the order of events or the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not it is right now what they're trying to do is um like I said, want they want people to be quiet. They want to um think of everything they can say and do to make sure that when I when it's time for me to pick a jury, people are going to come in with their notions of, you know, this was a this was a gangster who needed to be stopped. This was and and that's what they're doing. You know, that's what they're supposed to do. That's what the system is designed to do. So they're doing their duty, and they can sleep well and go about their lives knowing that they're doing this because they have convinced themselves that this is okay. And. I know, you know that lying is okay and truth is and, and the truth is something the public is not entitled to. The last time we were on uh, with you was the only time that we've heard from a witness was on this show. That was the only time we heard from a witness. You pointed it out a moment ago that in that press conference, we still never heard from a witness. We never heard what witnesses even told police, not even a paraphrase, not, hey, here's a little clip of the interviews with the witness, what they said. The only time we've heard from a witness was on this show. Did the witnesses finally get called into the grand jury? I can say that I would, I don't want to end up with the B misdemeanor for revealing any um, anything that happened in the in the grand jury or or say that anyone revealed anything that happened in the grand jury. So I'm I'm reluctant to say, you know, um, which witnesses specifically and what they said. I, mm-hmm. I will say that I know that witnesses were called to the grand jury. I know that if the police, um, I know that the police investigated the, uh, and took testimony from um, many witnesses because I facilitated that testimony because the, um, because IMPD had ignored the witnesses and, and declined to give um, to interview the witnesses at all. So that being said, um, there were witnesses. The they, since they were releasing stuff, probably could have released some witness testimony. But that would they were going to use that grand jury um, and that shroud of secrecy over the grand jury to um, to justify why they didn't release it. Now, right now, I'm not in a position to release anything. So, um, you know, I but I know that those uh witnesses were very consistent that everybody saw what they saw 
so uh, Fatima, we've been talking for several minutes, and what I'm getting from you is based on the evidence that was showed to the public and to the media, if that's if that's what was shown to the grand jury, you say, well, it makes sense why they couldn't bring charges because you're saying, I think you, the, I think the phrase you used was it was so holy. Well, my thing is like this. Okay. If I were, they would never, no one would ever invite me to be on a grand jury. Even before law school, they probably would not invite me to be on a grand jury. I'm notoriously nosy and I'm going to ask questions and ask questions and ask questions. And, you know, um, we are trained, um, not all of us, you know, within certain demographics, definitely, to trust the police and to trust their investigation and their explanation for things. And I'm sure, I'm positive that if they had questions from one person, that someone else would have would come right in there and clean it, clean it up and offer an explanation and explain things away. Um, so I'm sure that just from the nature of the proceedings and what we're taught in law school and how we're taught to handle these things and how um, I'm sure that it's possible to get whatever result out of a grand jury that you want to get. So I'll just leave it at that. So with no charges being filed, obviously we've had uh, Indy 10 Black Lives Matter who has been on top of this thing in the streets for the past since May. Um, They are telling folks stand by for a week of action um what is your message uh to the people who are listening about where we go from here well i i think that it's not that they have to not just stand by but they have to um you know get ready and put their and put their armor on so to speak and i'm not saying you know for a physical confrontation mm-hmm. i'm saying that if you that when john lewis spoke about getting in good trouble you know he meant that there might be some blowback from when from when you um stand up for the truth you know and and um i know that one of the organizers um just yesterday after we finished marching he was pulled over by the police his car was taken from him. Mm. Um, there's things like that that happen. I know that we were initially set up this press conference in one location, and because of threats to that to uh, to the um, of, uh, to the to the church, mm-hmm. we had to change the location. And those things um, happen sometimes. And also, those things may help us. They indicate that we're going in the right direction. That we're pressing on the right pressure points. So I want to just um, let everyone know that we're still fighting, that um, we have businesses that have signed up to help us fight. There's this, um, they're participating in, in Dre Day, which is the sixth of every month, and that is um, when they donate 10% of their proceeds for that day to Dre John's GoFundMe, which is exclusively because people think, I don't know. I think they think I'm pilfering or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's exclusively to go to his legal to to this legal fund, which is, um, well, to support his family, his his mother specifically, and to um, in the in the bills that that are going to that have been incurred and will be incurred. So just 
as if they had, just like they had a uh, an audio expert, we need an audio forensic expert. They have a ballistics expert, we need a ballistics expert. Um, they have a forensic pathologist, we need a forensic pathologist. They have they talked about police protocol and what what's right to do. We have a police protocol expert. So those things and those people are the only people who get paid. This is not a um, this is not um, a, a thing I'm doing and um, taking money from the family mm-hmm. to to do. This is something that if go, if people don't donate, this is something I bit I put the bill for, and you know that's what I signed up for, mm-hmm. and I'm cool with that. But if the if 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 um, if the public helps, it makes things easier. It makes things easier. It makes us able to do to get the best experts. It makes us able to get um, to do things in a quick manner, and um, you know that's this is something that's necessary. So we appreciate the support. We thank you for your continued support out there. And if you've ever experienced or or been lied on by someone, you know why we're fighting. These things are, um, his, Drejan was taken from his family. He was taken and he's missed and he was loved. And um, the fact that you can um, kill someone and nothing happens is something that we're fighting against. All right. Attorney Fatima Johnson saying this morning she's seen the evidence. She can see why it's, why no charges were brought, but that does not mean that this is over. Is that right, Fatima? Well, I've seen the evidence, and I see, and I, and from the evidence I saw, it's, it's it, because I don't want to see, I can see, I mm-hmm. can, I can say, I see why no charges were brought because of the evidence. Yes. I know that no charges were brought because no charges were meant to be brought from before any evidence was collected. From before, from when the, from when the hundred police officers descended on the scene, they all knew what we all knew that the fix was in. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You've said it loud and clear. What I'm trying okay. to what I'm trying to say is that Fatima Johnson is not confused this morning. Uh, and with that said, um, this case is not over. But the charges, no charges were brought, does not necessarily mean that uh, any side proved anything wrong or right. It just means the evidence that what which was presented was insufficient for them to charge a crime, a crime of, that we don't know what was, and we don't even know what charges were presented right. to the grand jury. Right. So, because there's, there's a different burden. There's a difference between charging someone mm-hmm. with murder and charging someone with manslaughter. Mm-hmm. There, those are two different things. So we don't even know what charges were presented, and that was conveniently left out as well. And it's, so, and it's also different from charging someone and convicting someone to not yes. bring charges. Yes. All right. That's okay. where we are this morning. Fatima Johnson, who uh, stayed longer than, than you said you would, 15 minutes. I know. I'm going to go take a nap now. <laughs> she's <It's> early. <laughs> she's been up, uh, up up all night and thinking. Fatima, thank you so much for staying with us through this and uh, keeping us up to speed over the past more than six months now. Take care. Um, thank you again. See you soon. All right. Attorney, Attorney Fatima Johnson joining us live this morning on the Open Line Show. Coming up. 
We're taking your calls. I see the phone lines are ringing. Uh, folks want to get in. We're going to continue this conversation. Call me, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Call me right now. I'm taking your calls in three minutes as soon as we pay these bills. But if you cannot get through on our live line, you can give me a tweet at Open Line Show. I'll read it live here on the air. Pick up the phone, call me 317-239-9696 or send me a tweet at Open Line Show on Twitter. Callers on the line, stand back and stand by. I'm coming back for you after this. This is the Open Line Show. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. And we are back on your Sunday morning. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. This is Open Lines. We just wrapped up a live interview with attorney Fatima Johnson, her first media interview since the press conference yesterday and since uh, the decision was brought by the grand jury to bring no charges against IMPD officer DeJour Mercer for the May 6th officer-involved shooting that killed 21-year-old Dre Jean Reed. Attorney Fatima Johnson, you just heard her say it herself, based on the evidence that was likely put in front of the grand jury, she can see how they were not able to bring no charges. But that does not mean in the situation overall that she could see how there would be no charges. But she's saying based on the evidence that was provided to the media and provided to the public, if that's what was provided to the grand jury, well, then it makes sense because she says that evidence that they presented came up short and as she noted contradicted the witnesses that she talked to the witnesses that we provided to you here on the open line show over the past couple of months and so here you have it this week with no charges being filed that said folks still have a lot of questions and their fight is not over they will be taking this to civil court Uh, meanwhile protesters are in the streets and asking for a federal investigation let's take your calls on it now 317-239-9696-317-239-9696 let's go to our live line you can also send us tweets at open line show on twitter let's start with uh this caller on line two caller good morning you are live on hey. the air who's this uh how you doing cameron brother good morning. Morning. how you doing this morning good how are you uh as she said the statement yesterday uh probably 96 percent of the black folks in the night we're not surprised I'm, I'm not surprised uh i've been around this planet long enough uh, i mean well, rodney king was dead on camera and uh when you listen to tony uh Attorney uh, uh, Banks and list to uh, Milton Grimes on with Nathaniel Lee all the time. Rodney King was dead on camera, and look what happened there. And so, so people, uh, Breonna Taylor. I mean, okay, I'm I'm gonna qualify this because we seem to have a local media that if you're not the perfect victim, then you did something to hasten your demise. That's the debate I got into with your colleagues this week. 
And so the perfect victim in Breonna Taylor, did she get justice? No. The perfect victim in, uh, in uh, Atiana Jefferson in Texas watching, playing video games with her nephew, has she gotten justice? No. The perfect victim in Rakia Boyd, has she gotten justice? No. The perfect victim with Ayanna um, Bradley, seven-year-old, sitting in her grandmother's house in Detroit when the police bust in, looking for the wrong person, shot and killed. Did she get justice? No. So I don't want to hear this. This we do things to 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 uh, put ourselves in harm's way, or if this ain't the perfect victim, then they deserved it. Not even the perfect people, black folks have gotten justice in the, as Ms. Johnson talked about this unjust system. But, but Cameron, I'm going to leave you with this, and this comes in your thing, ties in what I'm saying. It's a Washington Post piece I have here from June 30th of this year. This comes after the Floyd protest. It says, journalists are reexamining their reliance on a longtime source, the police. Now, skip all the way down to this critical statement here, and, I'll leave, and I want you to answer this. Quote, the basic journalistic principle should be treat the police like any other source with the same degree of skepticism as you treat any other source, says Susan Chira, the editor-in-chief of the Marshall Project, a digital news site that focuses on criminal justice systems and avoids breaking crime news. Quote, police said, unquote, is not a shorthand for the truth, she added. You don't give up your obligation to verify and cooperate just because the source wears a badge and a gun. What's your thoughts about that? Don't, 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 hang, don't hang up. Don't mm-hmm. hang up. I want you to stay. Because I have thoughts on that. And if you go back to, and, and, I'm, and I'm with that article, um, if you go back to the night of May 6th, something that dawned on me personally, like, this is how I do it, this isn't anybody telling me what to do. It was abundantly clear that the only information I was going to be able to give, because I was at the scene of the shooting when Dre Jean was killed. I, if people tell you, oh, they were first on the scene, no, 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 no. I was there night one, okay? Um, and in that moment, I knew that the only information that I was going to get was what, quote, police say. Yeah. And, yeah. and I knew then, and I stressed, if you go back and find that video, it's on YouTube somewhere, you go back mm-hmm. and find that video, I made it clear. This is what police say happened. It is not necessarily what happened. As I just broke it to you, uh, two of the people who were involved in this was IMPD Chief Randall Taylor and Deputy Chief Kendall Adams. So in this case, we only can tell you what police say a police officer did. And so and you know why that is, Chairman? Because under the rules of the streets, the mob or any other gang or whatever, you don't ever leave witnesses. And so the, the people, the, we're lucky that, that the guy in Milwaukee is still alive. To tell this story, we're lucky that that uh, there was a, a girl taping George Floyd, who was still alive, who could show us that tape. And there's another one right there, Floyd. Okay, who we know the twenty was not fake now because the owner of the store said the twenty wasn't fake. So, um, and, and let let me just add this, Imhotep. Um, I do think you 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 are hitting on something when you say here in this case there has been heavy reliance on what police say as fact in this case, and. Um, I, w- I would agree with that. I've seen some uh, some stuff or I've been privy to some conversations in different places from, you know, I talked to other reporters. We're, we all hang out right. and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who were pushed in that direction. Well, hey, this is what police say happened. Where, where yes, that is what we're supposed to do because police do give the official, you know, that's where we're lying. This is what police say. But not enough People were throwing in that qualifier to say, but it should be noted that the police are investigating the police in this situation. 
take it how you want it. We were a, a lot of this had been presented as police say this is what happened, so this is what happened, and so. I get exactly what you're saying that in all in some cases that qualifier that hey people remember that the 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 police are the ones telling you what the police did. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because and I'll and I'll leave you with that because if you're in a, a dispute between two people, let's say it's a domestic violence, and we know domestic violence victims don't come forward. Most of the time, you only gonna get if you get that one side of the abuser. Most of the time, what is the abuser going to say? Something favorable to themselves. It's only probably when the, the other side can come through, fight through all fear, as Ms. Johnson talked about, all, all detriment of theirs to probably get some story out of theirs that, that we maybe get something clear. In most cases, when it comes to these police violence things, the other side is dead. So thanks. You've done a great job, though, I must say. You've done a great job as a journalist, but I want to throw that out there to others that may not understand what the country and what other news sources now are trying to to pick apart and try to deal with. Thank you. I right, appreciate you, man. Uh, this has been a case where uh, I, I do agree with that. There, there has and and this is something we have to look at uh, in, in the Breonna Taylor situation and the George Floyd situation, where it is what police say happened. And I think as journalists, the safe way to go and 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 standard protocol. Journalism 101 is police are giving you the official statement. If I wasn't there, then we then in a, in a typical situation, if there's a car crash between person A and person B, we're going to take what police say from their report. Police say the driver was doing this, was texting when they ran into the semi truck. That's that's how it goes. But to Imhotep's point in this situation, when it's the police telling you what police had, it's not that you can't take what they said. It's just as broadcasters and journalists, I think we could we could do a better job of reminding people of the situation that, hey, we're only hearing what police said happened. We can't hear from Drejan Reed because Drejan Reed is no longer with us. And that was something that I was saying from night one. Uh, let's keep going with the calls on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. This is Paul Collin. This must be your lucky day. Because okay. I got a couple, I got a couple of questions for you okay. uh, that I want you to answer, I'll or try. maybe be able to answer. I try. Uh, have you have you ever approached Channel Six as far as having a show like you have right here on TLC? Secondly, secondly, could you explain to the people uh, during this uh, election? You kept saying the word holding these people accountable. Can you explain now that they're in office? How you're going to hold them accountable? And then one of the words that was used this morning a couple of times called trust. Okay, how can you trust the people? And I'm saying this because this is a holiday season. How can you trust people when there is no such thing as a Caucasian Egyptian? All right. So my questions, my questions to you is how come this show is not on uh, the, the regular networks? And how come, um, uh, and can you explain how are how you going to hold these elected officials accountable for these next four years? All right. Uh, let me try to answer all three of those. Thank you, Paul. Um, okay. So on the first one, as far as being on, on TV on Channel 6, you can watch me every night at 11 as I bring you the news from out in the field. As far as this show or a show like it being on TV, uh, you can call and ask them. They've got um, it, it, lots of important people to put put on air. I'm just uh, 
I'm just the guy at the bottom of the totem pole. Uh, but as far as this show, I'm, I'm thankful to have it because uh, we have a huge reach on this show. You know, we reach about 85% of black and brown listeners with this particular show this hour. Uh, so it's highly, highly powerful. And I'm very thankful to uh, to have that, to have such a reach to the research shows. We reach 85% of black and brown people in Indianapolis at some point listen to this show. Awesome. Uh, the second thing is as far as holding um, people accountable, uh, you know, the governor was somebody who, who in our interview asked me to hold him to the things that he was saying. And we will do that. Just one example is the governor has, has promised, and I've even checked on it this week, that he will be back for an end-of-the-year interview, and then those interviews will be consistent. Part of it is got to have a relationship with, the, with these people. You can't, as a media person, in my opinion, just come around when things are going bad and then say, well, why didn't you do this? Well, where were you when we were putting this stuff together? I think you have to have a relationship. Uh, and that's what we're we're building with this show. And so we'll have folks like the governor, the mayor, the police chief. I saw uh, Randall Taylor recently he said, hey, let me know when you need me to come on. Uh, it starts with doing that, having the door open to bring them in and then uh, bringing them on when there was good stuff, but also bringing them on when there was bad stuff uh, to talk about. And, and, and that's how you hold them accountable. I hope that answered that. Let me go to the next call. They're 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? That's uh, Larry Vaughn. Good please. morning, Larry. Uh, Cameron, you don't have to worry about that. All you have to worry about is being professional professional, and not taking sides because a uh, sister girl, she's on there talking. She knows she's got a 12B motion coming. But in any case, if they call so much about Dre, Dre John, instead of going downtown and riding them and make them board up downtown and ruin people's businesses, just think of the waiters and hostesses that work at those restaurants that are now boarded up. They should put their money where their mouth is. And instead of calling in about somebody that's got an article online, Dr. Djibouti or somebody, about black black uh, crime, uh, black uh, police, uh, black policing the black community, they need to be putting up some money right now so they, they can let, collect a million dollars and do their own investigation. You don't go tearing down people's businesses and busting people's windows and so forth out uh, because of the issue that you uh, feel strongly about. And I know Sister Girl's not uh, doing that pro bono, so she just needs to uh, get her, uh, 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 her fundraising thing together and collect the money since people care about Jean. He was an outstanding member of our community. I know that, but they need to get the money together so that they can get the experts, and that's going to take about a million dollars. And all our talk is not going to do do anything to help that young man's case. And what we really ought to be worried about, uh, not worried about, but take cognition of, is page 28 of the Model State Emergency Health Fires Act, which details how they can quarantine and isolate you without notice. That's what the tracking is all about. If you're in a restaurant and you're overcrowded, one person over the limit, they can come in, the health department, Homeland Security, or ATF, can come in and demand that everybody in the restaurant take a test, right? And if you, if one person proves positive, then uh, everybody in the restaurant gets quarantined uh, for 14 days. Now, I don't know about you, Cameron, but if I'm off of my job for 14 days, or out of my family situation for 14 days, I'm going to be homeless when I get out. So uh, 
they're not thinking about that. And and, and no uh, white person is doing that. No uh, white person is issuing these directives, knowing the damage it's going to do to our economy. And you're going to have hundreds of thousands of people being homeless by the directions of the, of the uh, Marion County Health Department that are coming out, which are detailed in this draft that I've been talking about. I've been talking about the split model state emergency health powers act. Uh, people that are online looking for uh, articles by Dr. Jabuti, they can swing on over and get a copy of that. Go to page 28 and see what's getting ready to happen. I mean, we are allowing ourselves to be duped, uh, uh, Cameron, into a sense of I don't know what kind of security because uh, they have won and we have won the election. But uh, the worst is yet to come with this pandemic. And uh, I don't see how a media company can rejoice about the pandemic and do everything that, about the pandemic when they know that their customers uh, are out there in business and that they're not in business. Their revenue is definitely going to go down. So I All just right. I watched a little television the other night, and I can see what's going on. The whole narrative is uh, you're going to die, and uh, we can save your life by these restrictions. That it's going to kill our economy. And it's going to have hundreds of thousands of people homeless in this city. All right. Thank you, Larry. Let me keep going to my next call. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the Open Line Show. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, this is this is Anthony. Yeah, I, man, I just, you know, want kudos to you and, and to, oh, man, when you're on the Tina, you know, Tina Cosby, you, yeah, man, y'all, y'all do a tag team deal. But, thank yeah, you. man, thank I you. just want to Larry, man. You got to cool it, man. He, he, you, you're actually <laughs> contradicting yourself. You're talking about boarding up, then you're talking about the health come, the health people coming in. So, which is it? Is the health people are, are the boarding up? Ain't nobody threw no brick and threw nobody's window yet. So, what are you talking about? So, it, but anyways, and and he's a Republican anyway. He, you know, he's upset because Trump lost. But anyways, uh, my my three things is about the shooting. Mm-hmm. Man, man, the, the dude was standing right over. They they drawn or whatever his name is. They shine standing right over him, popping. You know he was standing right over him. And then uh, when they showed the video of, of the cop shooting, you could actually see the shells that hit the sunlight and going backwards. So he, you know, he was and you and you didn't hear nothing but his shots. You didn't hear no other patow patow. They said they they said it was so synced together that you couldn't hear. How are you gonna sync shot gunshot? When you're actually trading off shots like pow, 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 you that that's how shots are fired. Ain't no, ain't no fire. Don't nobody dance with no gunshot sounds. Pow, pow. You, you, it's pow, pow or pow, pow. It ain't. It's not pow, and and both of them are shooting at the sea. There's no way you can. And, and the the the, um, the library. I work in that area, and the library has cameras. There's a certain camera that was pointing in the direction. Where where it happened, mm-hmm. they never showed. They never showed that. Uh, actually, no, that no, 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 no. They did show that one. And as I now that you talk about that one, that one's the one that's it's a motion. It's motion activated. So yeah. they showed it to us. Like they they explained it. Like they're going no, to. No, basic- what I'm talking about. I know what I know mm-hmm. what camera you're talking about. You're talking about the camera that's closer to Michigan. But there's another camera in the back where mm-hmm. they were. That's okay. that. Yes, yeah, another camera back there on that street. It's the street before you get to. 63rd or something like that. Okay, there's a street, and you go back there, and you can actually see that camera by mm-hmm. the trash can, and you can actually see that 
it's pointing directly where they were, and they didn't use that one. They mm. used the one on Michigan Street. They used that camera. And, and, and another thing is uh, when, when, when they showed the, uh, the video, you didn't see his hand go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have, I'm telling you, he might have had mm-hmm. a, a weapon with him. Mm-hmm. He might have had that weapon with him, but he was not able to use it. And when that, got, when that cop saw that weapon mm-hmm. and saw maybe him rolling around in agony or whatever like that, then he probably thought he was going to reach for it. Mm-hmm. And, and if he was, look, here he goes. If he was was uh, if he had a pulled out a weapon on that on that tape mm-hmm. when you heard him say it's going to be a closed casket, mm-hmm. you would have heard him say, "Oh, he's got a weapon." You would have heard him say that. Mm-hmm. So so we didn't we didn't hear him say that. So you know I mean that that's you know and so it's it's as she says it, it's a lot of holes in it. But and, I mean and, and when there are a lot of holes, that's when you can't bring charges. Uh, or well, I should say that's when you can't convict when because you got to do it without a shadow of a doubt, uh, beyond a reasonable d- doubt. But uh, in this yeah, case, they sure. couldn't bring charges because you could pick from both sides where something is missing based on the evidence again that we saw. And again, we didn't see, uh, we don't know if we saw everything that the grand jury did. But uh, mm-hmm. you heard Fatima Johnson say it based on what was probably shown. If you're a grand jury, you're like, eh, just, you, oh, I mean, you oh, just said oh, oh, uh, uh, and check this out. And 30, oh, you got 15 God. seconds. I got to go. Okay, okay, check this out. On the video, if you looked at it, when they showed uh, uh, John, uh they showed him with his mouth open and he was in agony. And, and there's a quick little flash where you can see a silhouette of a cop behind him. If you, if you get that frame. And he is so close to him. He was very close, and we saw that for the first time in the video that they presented to us. That was the first time. I was like, whoa, they really were right on top of each other. So Mercer was very (laughs) fast. I did not know that until we saw that video today. And I I remember asking the, um, the, the witness when we had them on how close. And she said, you know, they, they were close, but... I didn't realize it was that close. If you go back and look at that video, they were right on top of each other uh, before the shots start to fire. So go back and watch all that. If you haven't seen it, that'll help put some of this conversation we've had over the past hour into uh, some context for you. Woo! Okay. Uh, 8.57. That means we got to roll. The phone lines are still ringing. I'm sure there are tweets coming in. We didn't even get to everything. Uh, because this topic is just so much to talk about. So how about this? I will meet you back here next Sunday, live at 8. We'll come back for more conversation on what is happening, including this and other things. And uh, we'll talk about it right here on the air. How about that? Uh, hey, as uh, Paul mentioned, you know, you, you can find me on TV weeknights at 11 over on WRTV, ABC. Come check us out then. Uh, and then in between now and then, y'all stay safe. Be careful. For those of you who have kids coming back home, I'm praying for you. Uh, As schools are now going to be shut down here in Marion County until uh, starting by November 30th at the latest until 2021. Take a breath. It's going to be an interesting week. We'll be back here with more of the Open Line Show next Sunday live at 8.